Hello, and welcome to Jam Sessions. I'm Daniel Roby, CEO of Think Jam, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Amy Gustin and Dina Wallace, both directors of the British Independent Film Awards, as my guests for this episode. BIFA, or the British Independent Film Awards, is a fantastic organisation that highlights and celebrates some of the best and most innovative filmmakers in the UK. But the group has much broader ambitions than just the awards themselves. It's been my honour as part of the board to see how the organisation has developed to address a range of critical issues impacting British independent film and filmmakers. Amy and Dina, thank you for joining me today. Hello. So to kick off, I guess, for those who don't know BIFA, and I hope that's not too many people listening, can you give us an overview of what BIFA is and what it stands for? So it's the British Independent Film Awards. We're now in our 24th year and we celebrate and champion British independent film and filmmakers and talent. That's what we do in a nutshell. And then in addition to our annual award ceremony, which happens at the beginning of December every year, we also have a year-round talent support programme. We have training initiatives for the broader industry and we also work hard to champion films and talent to audiences throughout the UK year-round. And I know firsthand, because I've been in lots of the board meetings, with the amount of work that you do for the industry, I guess it's quick to roll off the tongue that it's some training and there's some talent support and there's some awards. But to unpack that a bit, your role in the industry is to prop up and help encourage and stimulate and motivate people to join in the industry. Mm. Can you unpack a bit more on what talent support is, like what you do if I'm a filmmaker or producer or an actor and how do you help me yeah so we've got a particular focus on kind of new and emerging talent so we've got specific categories within the awards that celebrate debut directors producers screenwriters and also new on-screen talent and whilst we recognize the value of kind of being on the long list and being nominated and winning in those categories you know from a profile building point of view within the industry itself but also from a public point of view we felt that there was actually a lot more that Biffa could be doing to help that talent on its journey to make a sustainable career. So we started off by having a few kind of networking dinners and bringing that talent together so that they can meet one another and start to build a community for themselves. But over the last couple of years, we've been developing a programme of training and more formal networking and support to be there for them throughout the year and to help them make the moves into their next films. We found that there's a lot of support out there for debut filmmakers but once they've made their debut film unless they're being supported by one of the main funders this was a big gap in support to helping them make their second and third features and we felt actually that was a a spot that Biffa should be filling and so we've been working with Screen Skills and Netflix and we're looking at other industry partners to develop and, and grow that program of support and we're also this year opening up to filmmakers of a similar level who aren't being recognised by Biffa and haven't actually come through the awards process from underrepresented groups so that we're proactively helping to champion those filmmakers as well. I think we appreciate there are many, many barriers for filmmakers and just to get a film made and then try and get an audience to see it. And those barriers are even greater for a lot of filmmakers that aren't currently represented within our industry. So just always trying to do more to support them practically and also building that kind of community and network for them and then for the broader industry we introduced unconscious bias training for our voters back in 2018 again working with screen skills and it had a really positive impact 
on how people were viewing films and people being more mindful about when they're watching things and how they're voting on things. And we broaden that out to include commissioners and programmers and other you know, people across the industry. And since then, we've continued to develop the training, make it more specific to various areas within the industry. And then this year, we are expanding our inclusivity training to include anti-bullying and harassment training and also fair recruitment and inclusive workplace. And I think it's BIFA is in a quite unique position in that through our voters and our committees and our board, we're in touch with lots of freelancers, lots of small production companies, but also lots of big organizations. So it feels like we are kind of plugged into the breadth of the industry. And so making training like this that is more soft skills training, but is completely vital, accessible and affordable, it seems a bit like a no-brainer in that it could be cost prohibitive for a small production company to invest in unconscious bias training for everybody uh, that they're working with or to invest in anti-bullying and harassment awareness training. But if we're able to make it affordable, it just makes it way more accessible from across the industry. So we're, we're excited to be able to continue to listen to the needs of the industry and develop training in response to that and just continue to make it as accessible as we, we possibly can. And we'll keep continuing to listen. And if there's other things that crop up that need extra support, then we'll, we'll look to see what we can do to fill that gap. And as I understand it, you're doing all of this with an army of about 100 people. Oh, yeah, we've got tons of people. <laughs> Not at all. No. Yeah, so it's, we're tiny. I mean, we feel huge now because yeah. for such a long time, it's just been the two of us and one other person working for us. And then in April last year, the other person left and we had two people replace him. And since then, we've expanded. We've got someone now in-house looking after all the training and development. We have, thanks to working with BFI, we are able to do much more kind of audience facing activity. And so there's consultants and in-house staff working on that. So now we're at seven people, which feels massive and slightly unwieldy sometimes, but you know, there's never enough hours in the day and there's never enough people. And I just think it shows how much demand there is on organizations to provide support to the industry. And so it'd be great if there was more of us, but with the resources we have, we're sort of max capacity we are at the minute. And in addition to your uh, amazing seven, magnificent seven, maybe we'll say, you've also got an army of supporters and obviously board advisory. You've got an events committee, you've got judging committees. So there's a lot of other people across the industry who put their time in to help support all of the efforts in an independent way. Yeah, that's right. We're very lucky to have a really broad base of support across the industry amongst filmmakers, distributors, exhibitors and so on. And, and we've got now somewhere north of 800 voters who a chunk of those are involved in nominations each year and then more of them get involved in voting for the winners. And some of that group are then also involved in our nomination committee and our advisory committee and our board. Because what we try to do is make sure that we don't come up with cockamamie plans that sound great to us, but that actually aren't the right thing in response to what independent filmmakers need and what the kind of reality is of both the kinds of films they're making. We want to reflect those in the awards and the rules and the procedures that we put in place there, but also in the rest of the activity in the in the support for emerging filmmakers. And we want to make sure that we're, we're marketing their films in a way that works in the kind of broader context of everything else that's going on. So there's an enormous hive mind that we, we draw from to make sure that what we're doing is pointing in the right direction. Because that's actually, even though we've ballooned to seven people, 
we've not got enough resources to do things that aren't the right thing we have to make sure that we you know that it's all well thought through yeah i have to say sitting in your board meeting each month it's quite remarkable how much you actually do it and i'm not just saying this but it's remarkable how much you actually do do in a month and get done with with, with your army of seven and then looking ahead with so much going on in the industry and we'll talk more about that in a minute with cinemas exhibitors episodic content mobile and so on but for Biffa specifically, what are your goals? What are your ambitions for the next few years? What does success look like to you two? You wake up in three years' time. What, what do you want to have achieved? Well, success for this year would be having an actual ceremony in person with people. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. We really missed it last year. There's a lot of other stuff that we're doing, but the ceremony is kind of at the heart of it. And it's a really important moment to bring people together to celebrate the work that they've done. I know from the outside, award ceremonies can seem a bit of an insidery, backslapping kind of a thing. But in independent film, it's a really important moment to celebrate the achievements that filmmakers have made because there's often not enormous upside in independent films. So it's nice to have a, have a moment to celebrate it. And it really helps with a big morale boost and reinforcing that sense of community amongst filmmakers too. So we certainly want to get that back. I mean, who knows, frankly, because the rules may well change in the next 11 weeks between now and the ceremony. It could all get pulled out from under us again, but we really hope not because we've missed that. What we've often found is that we're working in a project-based way. So we will get something off the ground. It will go really well, but the continuation of it will be contingent on funding and partnerships and whether that's Green Skills or BFI funding or partnership funding. Some of that can be a bit hand-to-mouth. So we don't have certainty of those activities continuing in the medium term. And it would be really nice for us to know that those things are going to be there because it's so much easier to develop these communities and programs properly if you know that they're going to be there beyond the next year so we've been struggling to get that sustained certainty and financial stability for the organization frankly for a long time it's getting better but I think in three years time if we felt like we were there that would be a big relief for us (laughs) that's big ambitions but I think Mm. it's fair it's to create more of a norm and I guess certainly the transition that you've had all of your new initiatives and more of your events and coaching and training have only been in the last couple of years, two, three mm. years. And then obviously there was a number of years before that where it was primarily the awards. So I guess you're already building up a lot of that momentum into getting that cadence rolling on these initiatives. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interestingly, the last 18 months has seen a big shift in that direction. And I think it's something that Dina and I have always really strived to make Biffa do as an organisation is to just be there throughout the year, supporting the films for audiences, but also supporting the filmmakers and the industry more broadly. But with, with the tiny team and limited resources, it does get to a point where, okay, the awards itself has to be the main focus. And so it was very much, if we got the funding to do a small project, then we'd do it. And then it's back to square one. Whereas to rethink what we did last year for the ceremony and also just having the funding become available. So the BFI gave us the funding to really, really support these indie releases through the last year and continuing to do that until at least spring next year. And with Screen Skills, they were determined to be able to do more for the industry and support them whilst they were on hiatus. And so all of that coming together meant that we could properly expand in both the audience-facing activity and training and support activity. And so it was a real shift for us. But now it's, as Dina said, continue with that and make sure that we have long-term funding in place to be able to continue that activity so it it doesn't peak and then drop off again 
but it feels like this is a kind of permanent shift and this is what Biffa does now you know it isn't just the awards it is year-round support which is exciting it's really exciting and I guess on the same note the last 18 months Brexit's a distant memory now but it's still relevant and has a material impact on British film of course Covid pausing a minute on on Biffa but what are the things that we've seen in the industry where things have changed where it's been tough for filmmakers producers distributors what what have you seen and recognized that's worth noting well i think independent distributors and cinemas reacted very nimbly to covid whereas lots of the big blockbuster titles moved a lot of independent film was either able to take screen space that blockbusters didn't want anymore or were able to very nimbly move to online screening. Some of that was linked specifically to certain independent cinemas. So that, as ever, it's a bit easier if you're smaller and, and independent to respond nimbly to these things and to find that audience. So I think there were opportunities, I mean, limited, but opportunities within the last 18 months for independent film. Um, in the volume of films coming to us, we weren't sure how it would affect the numbers of entries that we'd get. The fact that there were, we, we amended our rules so that online release that replaced a cancelled theatrical would still make a film eligible. So we weren't concerned in terms of our rules for last year in terms of the numbers of entries that we get, but we were a little bit concerned that this year there wouldn't be quite so many because productions were suspended. There was a lot of hard work that went into making sure that the COVID protocols for filming were set up so that filming could restart as soon as possible. And, and that's meant that we haven't seen an enormous drop-off in the numbers of entries this year. They're pretty comparable to last year, though that may start to change next year as we're all the studios are full of delayed bigger titles and it's hard for independent films to find the crew and the space to film though again if you're independent you're only looking to film for a few weeks it might be a little bit easier to fit in around other schedules so it is sort of small but scrappy independent film it kind of it finds its way what we were able to do was to find an audience who were open to hearing from us over that period so the, the audience development work that we did the results on that were really good everyone is at home everyone is able to access these films and in a way that in a normal theatrical release of an independent film, it's not going to be playing in every single cinema in every single town. But if, if you can get it on a streamer, then you're able to see something more easily. So it took down some of those barriers that might otherwise have been there. And I suspect that a more kind of hybrid model of releasing films is likely to, to emerge from this for some titles. It won't be right for all of them. For some, it's going to be right to retain a great big long window, but for others, it won't because the push, the, the effort and money that goes into the initial marketing push would be best spent on both theatrical and home at the same time. So that wherever that audience is, they can find and enjoy the film. I mean, obviously... We'd love everything to get seen in cinemas, but I think realistically the way that people are watching is changing. And the important thing for us is that the films are seen and that the audiences get to enjoy them. That's what we're evangelical about. And as much as we'd love for all that to be in cinemas, it's probably not always going to be the case. Dare I ask, I mean, we've talked about this a few times in the past, but how far does that change go? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting in meetings and we were talking about entries for the awards and there was queries over streaming if it was exclusively on streaming would it qualify and of course that's changed quite rapidly what happens in the future when video lengths on social channel increases and obviously there's a whole wealth of amazing talented creators out there making three minute five minute eight minute pieces of content where does that fall into our biffa world or does it or does it not? I mean, I think you're right. There is an enormous amount of talent 
that is at the moment creating content for social platforms. And I don't know whether it will be the case that because the audience is there, it means that the medium that they're working will remain where it is or whether the talent that is there will migrate towards more traditional media. We've seen that in the past with something like Blue Story, which was a YouTube series initially and then got picked up by, I think it was Paramount and it was nominated at the awards and did really well. So talent does move between media in the same way as I guess it would between TV and film. And actually, I think it is exciting that it's so accessible to be able to make stuff and find an audience for it. I think what will be important to us is to make sure that that talent knows that there's a path to working in film if that's what they want to do, because the skills that they're developing on those platforms are skills that could develop into filmmaking skills and that film as a form is a thing that we you know <laughs> we're pretty optimistic about that staying around but I don't know maybe I will be proved wrong but I what we don't want it to do is to seem inaccessible and something that is different from and alien to that audience maybe it's a natural progression you start off making eight second videos on TikTok and you end up making 108 minute films that are nominated for a biffa but we need to help talented creators along the way, I think. Yeah. Maybe controversial question. I don't know. Is Storytelling is the word of the minute, right, that everyone keeps talking mm. about from brands to companies. I was talking to a friend of mine who works in a lighting company in electronics, and he's telling me about the storytelling that they're doing for their marketing. And <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> must, must be interesting. But I guess we're looking at talent. We're looking at creators. Biffa's job is to harness, support, and protect and celebrate creators is that fair yeah I think it is you're right maybe it does get stretched a little bit thinly at times but storytelling is important and if you're able to concisely tell a story in a 30 second video then there's skill there we just want to make sure that that skill works its way into the screen industries because they're enormously valuable for the UK and we should be very proud of them and encourage people to work in them just just going back a little bit I started asking you a little bit about Brexit we were talking about Covid now we're talking about the world of streaming and the move to short form and the the consumption of the audience has changed what pressure has that put on Biffa over the last 18 months or so I know you've talked about your team increasing and you've clearly put on a number of different events and a ton of training but what sort of pressure does that put on you as an organization How do you as an organisation have to continually adapt to... How long did you say Biff has been around at the beginning, Amy? So this is its 24th year. It's its 24th year, and I suspect, without knowing any of the statistics, the last three have seen the most change out of any of the previous 21. So what pressure does that put on? I think given that we are small and agile, and because we're not... I mean, obviously we have a board of, you know, you sit on and we have advisory committees and our voters and stuff, but it's not like we have to go through hundreds and hundreds of hoops to make change. Like we can be pretty responsive to the the industry pretty quickly. And I think whilst there's obviously a huge amount of content that's being created outside of traditional film, there's still that desire from the industry to make sure that we are still championing filmmaking in its purest form and I think that sort of alludes to what Dina was saying about there are some amazing kind of content creators doing brilliant things that then transition across into film I think encouraging the talent pipeline in all directions wherever that's coming from is really important and so 
trying to make ourselves as accessible as possible. So looking at the festivals that are on our recommended festival list, looking at where we're promoting entries open, looking at where filmmakers are that we can reach out to, to make sure that we're being as open and accessible to all sorts of filmmakers in whatever form they're creating their content and trying to bring them into our world and support them and help them develop within the traditional filmmaking sense is really important and making it just every avenue open and accessible because I think with a, a big lack of representation you know across the industry I think sometimes there are other spaces where more diverse filmmakers are finding their home and maybe that is on social in short form where they're seeing other content creators doing similar storytelling and maybe they don't think it's accessible so I think that's an interesting proposition for the industry to look at like you know where are the breeding grounds for new talent telling stories in a different way and how can we bring them into our industry to enrich it and that's something that we're always looking at and often we'll get asked are you going to have a VR category or are you going to have a TikTok category or whatever it is and those conversations are always interesting because we don't want to not celebrate the brilliant storytelling talent that's out there but also there is something about staying slightly true to the roots of film and what that means in its traditional sense so I think we're going to see more of that talent coming in from non-traditional roots and how do we celebrate that talent and how do we celebrate their work and their stories and how do we encourage them to as I say enrich our industry. Just to ask both of you a quick question as we start to wrap up but what's your one wish or hope for 2022 for BIFA or the independent industry? <laughs> just one <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. can we have loads of wishes can we have a magic lamp your first um, wish, wish is having more than lamp. one wish yeah. <laughs> I think for me for Biffa it's about cementing our new ground in what we're doing outside of the awards and really getting financially stable so that we can continue to develop and continue to support what we're doing and just be more useful to the industry what would be really nice to see would be a biffer bump for films. So when the nominations happen and when we're starting to talk about films all year round, that it's making a difference to the number of people who are seeing those films, because that's the point of all of it. But large part of what we're doing is to make sure that these films get seen, because there's something for everyone in the films that get nominated, that there's some really incredible work in there. And I don't think that film occupies quite the same central place in cultural conversation as say tv or music do and I don't think that it's given as much credit or as central a part in UK culture as it should do that's a really important sort of artistic expression of who we are as a nation we want more people to see these films and feel like they're part of it and it is for them so I'd like to to be really certain that we're making a difference there that's what it was set up to do in the first place and it is hard it's hard to break through against I mean you know this when you're trying to get an independent film to to have its share of voice against enormous great big studio budgets that's what we're there to help to do and I'd like to see that we're really starting to do that given the changes that we've been able to make over the last year or so yeah I do think you should coin that phrase though Dina if you said it on purpose or by accident but I think the biffer bump (laughs) your mission for filmmakers and producers and distributors to come to you saying we want to have our film biffer bumped (laughs) well i think it you know there's a certain audience that it means a lot to 
but we want Bipper to kind of burst out of the bubble that it's in so that we're reaching new audiences who aren't necessarily aware of us or aware of these films and wouldn't necessarily seek them out. Yeah. So, yeah. I think you're doing a more remarkable job. And I think the timing is amazing because actually, in my opinion, the streaming platforms and social platforms, which do celebrate and, and more and more celebrating creativity and storytelling and allowing artists to express themselves in more free ways and more affordable ways and get more eyeballs, not even just on a UK single country lane, but through a global lens, I think is amazing. And I think that would allow Biffa to go hopefully from strength to strength to get that wider view. It's not just about Biffa talking about British film to the British audiences. It's of course, trying to celebrate British film to global audiences and create a a bigger platform, I guess, in the future. Yeah, I mean, international is really important. It's a super valuable export and there's enormous cultural value internationally for for UK film being seen as important that has a broader benefit. Yeah, so it's nice that you add the whole rest of the world to our to-do list as well as the UK. Daniel, that's super, super helpful. We'll do that next. I I thought that was my job to sit on the board and try and stretch (laughs) stretch the thinking. Yeah. Yeah. As the United Kingdom gets smaller, Biffa gets bigger. Yeah. I can't end my humble podcast without talking about your phenomenal podcast this is my cinema which you launched not so long ago some phenomenal episodes talking to a whole range of creators and filmmakers tell the people listening about it well it's not us talking so that is probably the most important thing to say it's hosted by rihanna dylan and michael leader and there are I don't know how many episodes, like 20 or something so far. 25, um, I think. 25 uh, interviews with people like Daniel Mays, um, Wumi Masaku and Claire Dern. And, I mean, there's there's loads of them. And they're just talking about how much they love film. They're, they're sort of formative experiences of seeing film in the cinema. And they're just really lovely chats. It's just nice to hear people talking about why they love it so much. And particularly that experience of seeing a film in the cinema, the collective experience, which is different and almost invariably better <laughs> than just watching it at home on your sofa. Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of them. We're hoping to, we're on a brief between series pause at the moment, but we're hoping it'll come back with the ceremony this year. So there'll be lots of nominees interviewed then, but they're all wherever you get your podcasts. And now you've got a podcast with the people behind the podcast. So... <laughs> <laughs> Amy and Dina, thank you so much for joining me. It's an honour to sit on the board and see what you two do for such important work and with an amazing team and and so much goes into it. And I think it is absolutely crucial. Thanks, Dina. Thanks, Amy. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. If you do want to find out more about the awards and all of the initiatives that we've talked about today, please do go to ifa.film. And of course, download the fantastic podcast, This Is My Cinema. This has been Jam Sessions. 